Well, that's absolutely marvellous, Brigadier. Now, what are you doing about the real problem? Well, as soon as these creatures appear, we make sure that they're contained within the evacuated zone and don't wander off into populated areas. Well, having contained them, what do you do then? Oh, well, that's where you come in, Doctor. So far, we've absolutely no idea where they're coming from. We'll come to that where they go. And thank you for joining us on a quick trip through space and time. My name is Mac. And I'm Caleb. And this is a podcast where a Doctor Who veteran and a Doctor Who beginner go through each episode of Doctor Who and give their thoughts on it. And today, we will be watching The Invasion of the Dinosaurs. The Invasion of the Dinosaurs was written by Malcolm Hulk, directed by Patty Russell, and produced by Barry Letts. It aired January 12th, 1974, to February 16th. Happy birthday, Brittany, 1974. Do you recognize Malcolm Hulk by any chance? Uh, the name. But for, for the viewers at home, what yeah, did yeah, Malcolm yeah. Hulk write? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm very familiar with Malcolm <laughs> Hulk's uh, An uh, expert, repertoire. Really. But, you know, just, just for our audience, just for our audience. He co-wrote The Faceless Ones and The War Games. And he also wrote Doctor Who and the Silurians, Colony in Space, Sea Devils, and Frontier in Space. So, mixed bag. <laughs> when he's co-writing, he's good. When he's on his own, maybe not so much. <laughs> A little, little wobbly. As I said um, at the end of the last episode, this is one of the more widely ridiculed episodes just because of the dinosaurs in question. They had not quite gotten to Jurassic Park levels by the 1970s, so uh, it might be a little rough. So just get ready for that. <laughs> how how many episodes is it? It's six. Oh my god. <laughs> Mac, what are you doing to me? What are you... What do you want from me, Caleb? <laughs> I have no control over which ones are four-parters. <sighs> Fine. Let me guess, it's sixers until the Doctor finally fucking turns into the fourth Doctor. Whenever that fucking is. Whenever that may be. I thought that was going to be two seasons ago. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so it's like Vision of Dinosaurs is a six-parter, and then it's four, six, six, four, four, two. So, like... I wasn't lying when I said it was an average of four, okay? <laughs> Especially once it gets to the part where it's just fours. Then it really evens out. <laughs> the number of fours vastly outnumber all of the other numbers. <laughs> <laughs> Mac, we're fucking almost halfway through <laughs> the old who. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look, what do you want from me? <laughs> I feel, like, I feel like we have this argument like every episode. <laughs> every time it's a six-part, we have to fucking rehash this. But uh, Caleb, distract yourself from the fact that you're going to have to deal with another fucking six-parter. Uh, given everything you know about Doctor Who and given the title of this episode, The Invasion of the Dinosaurs, what do you think this episode's going to be about? I think that the Doctor 
not out of any goodwill of his own, but just because he feels like it, is going to solve world hunger. And he's going to announce that at a big UN thing, and and then the dinosaurs show up. <laughs> and I'm going to predict there are raptors with AK-47s. And um, a, a, a T-Rex tank. Is that it? Is that the, is that the entire prediction? And uh, and pterodactyls fighting jet fighters, <laughs> and pterodactyls as jet fighters. <laughs> <laughs> See, you really swerved there because I thought you were gonna say he's going to announce that he has a solution to world hunger by taking dinosaurs from the past and bringing them <laughs> to the present, and they'll be able to eat those. That's what I thought you were gonna say. <laughs> no, the 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 dinosaurs uh, invented a time machine to avoid the comet, but now they have to conquer this fucking mammalian society. So they're basically the Silurians, just with more teeth. <laughs> yeah, they're they're the other cousin of the Silurians that are actually just dinosaurs. <laughs> uh, I'm not gonna say one way or the other, but how pissed. Would you slash will you be if the Silurians are the villains again in this story? <laughs> um, moderately. <laughs> all right. Well, on that note, we will see you all in the future. Let's get going. And we're back. May have just been a couple seconds for you, but it was eight days for us. Not bad turnaround. Not too bad of a turnaround. Not too bad of a turnaround. But before we really get into it, I do have some uh, some post view notes. If you'd be interested in hearing them, wait on me. And if you're not tough, we have officially watched as many third Doctor episodes as we have second Doctor. That seems wrong. <laughs> that seems yeah. incorrect. The second cause... Doctor had 21 episodes, and this is the third Doctor's 21st. That can't be right. I feel like... <laughs> no, I, I refuse to accept <laughs> that information. We have been with the third Doctor almost as long as the other two combined. Wait, so you're saying it feels like we've been with the third Doctor longer? Yeah. Well, I mean... Part of that might just be the fact that, like, every single fucking episode is six episodes long. I was going to say it feels like it's been less because just all of the episodes have just been the same. <laughs> uh, maybe that's why it feels longer to me. It's like, wow, that everything's the same. It's just dragging on. I feel like this show has just been the third Doctor. <laughs> <laughs> he was here from the beginning. You'll also be so, so pleased to know this is the first appearance of the Doctor's new Who-mobile. <laughs> the, we'll get to the Who-mobile, but my reaction was actually, literally, what the fuck? What the fuck is that? So John Pertwee is a big fan of, like, spy stuff, and so he wanted the the, the Doctor to have, like, a spy car kind of thing. Um, but if it helps, the production crew had the exact same reaction you did. Like, what the <laughs> fuck is this? It makes, like... <laughs> one other very minor appearance but all other times he's he, he's just using bestie again okay good use of money but uh general thoughts 
What'd you, what'd you think? Hey, did you guys see those dinosaurs? Oh, shit! Who the fuck are you? Nobody of consequence. <laughs> we have a guest that just appeared uh, seemingly out of nowhere. But, oh, man, we've already started the podcast, so we can't tell her to leave. So I guess you're just going to be on the podcast uh, for this episode, huh? Yeah, I guess. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, who are you? Um, nobody of consequence. Oh, right. Okay. Uh, so, Nobody of Consequence, what were your general thoughts on the invasion of the dinosaurs? I like dinosaurs. Well, that's good. Yeah. Yes. This is my wife. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, Mac is not going to be able to just go with that. I can't. Yeah. I can't. I can't do it. Uh, yes, this is this is my wife. She makes the thumbnail. Hi, I do have a name. My name is Brittany. Yes. Thumbnail. <laughs> she who makes thumbnail. She who makes the th- she who creates that which we cannot. Yeah, but you haven't said in this episode who makes the thumbnail. So, how are they going to know my name? Right. So, Brittany. Anyway. Just uh, <laughs> as a, a rule for all of our guests, we always um, ask, what is your history with the good doctor? Oh, the interrogation. Yes, the interrogation. Tell us everything you know. I started watching Doctor Who. I, I started with New Who. As I feel like a lot of people Mo- have, most yeah. People do, yes. I was introduced to it in eighth, ninth grade, something like that. Right about the time, you know. <laughs> the time. The time. Right. The time when Tumblr was peak uh, super hulock, and uh, <laughs> I saw the war just flash before your eyes. But yeah, I I watched I watched from uh, nine on, and I got. Uh, about two thirds of the way through, nine, ten, eleven, I think, mm-hmm. and then I was like, "I think I'm good for a bit. I think I'm good for a bit." That's fair. But I did. I have very, very little experience with classic Who because it was a lot harder to find before BBC had their own streaming service. Just do what I do and go on really suspicious websites and just watch it with korean subtitles that's what i did i had no clue how to get to it and i didn't even know where to start because i had no clue how far back it went it was i didn't know anything about it i will say i did watch this really fun episode with the cybermen where they had these cute little guys that scooted around on the ground they look like little isopods they call them cybermats and i i think i mentioned that like i would really like to do that episode but something Something came up. But Bob called dibs. <laughs> That's what happened. That's okay. I'll, I'll have my revenge because I've already called dibs on, like, two of, quite frankly, the best episodes of New Who. Correct. So, eat dirt, Bob. Bob. Bob's good people. Fucking Bob. Now, all of that was uh, very good. I do have to ask Caleb one question. Do you know what Super Who Lock is? No. Thank God. Uh, based on your face, I don't want to know. <laughs> you weren't on Tumblr between, what, 2010 and 2019? It was, dark, it was dark times, Harry. Dark times. <laughs> uh, I was probably on Tumblr for like three months. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Probably the best that stays that way. I really, I really have not been very good at social media until I discovered Twitter and shit posting. So. <laughs> but Caleb, 
what do you what do you mean you're so good with you're not very good with social media you run our instagram account yeah that and it's going great i haven't seen because i don't have an instagram account so i can't see it but i can only assume that you've been posting regularly th- there oh and, so many memes and so, so all the memes that you constantly talk about how you're gonna post Listen. and uh and i know i don't even have to look at it because i know it's in good hands there there's a plan oh is there a plan a plan. A plan uh, now that people are jumping ship off of Zwitter? It, yeah, a plan. It, I, it's on a sticky note in my drawer. <laughs> mm. It's a really, really big sticky note. <laughs> uh, it's definitely not post funny memes with a Z instead of an S. But anyway, Super Hulock was the weird... The bastard child. Freakish combination of Supernatural, Doctor Who, and Sherlock that people treated as if it was one thing in one universe. And... It was kind of expected that if you were into one of the shows, you would be into all of them. Because they all kind of filled the same niche of, what, gay baiting? I guess. (laughs) Yeah. I can see that. I like Supernatural, so... I refuse to watch it. I watched maybe like a season and a half of it. And that's because the girl I was dating at the time kind of forced me. And then when we broke up, I was like, I have no reason to watch this show anymore. <laughs> so Not until we're done with our Doctor Who podcast and we start our Supernatural podcast yeah. as revenge. Mm-hmm. Sweet, delicious revenge. I made it to season four, episode one of Sherlock before I finally took off the rose-tinted glasses. I saw a clip. <laughs> that's it. Bumberland Caberpatch. Uh, saying something like, I'm gonna go to my mind castle. And it's him, like, literally, like, swiping through images in yes. his mind. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, that was all I needed to see. <laughs> yeah. Correct. That That is all you needed to see. If, if you want to know what the deal with Sherlock is, just watch um, H-Bomber Guy's video about it. I do like H-Bomber Guy. Yeah. yeah. I like to fall asleep to that video. It's a good video to fall asleep to. I'm glad I can help with tangents on this episode. Yeah, it's really exciting. Yeah. I am watching Mac try to like put everything back in the box. I know. <laughs> Freaking folding fitted sheets over here. Um, but uh, yes, general thoughts, Caleb and guest. What did you guys think of uh, Invasion of the Dinosaurs? I liked the back half more than I liked the first half. Uh, I really felt like there was practically no momentum for a very large portion of the story. I think that, as is often the case with a lot of these six-part episodes, probably an episode or two, maybe 1.5 episodes, probably could have been cut with no detriment. I think my biggest review, if I had to sum it all up in uh, one phrase, these were dinosaurs. <laughs> Honestly, kind of, yeah. The dinosaur, yeah. the dinosaurs kind of disappear for a while, and then they reappear, and you're like, oh, right. This episode had dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> one of one of my notes on like episode like four or five is like I miss dinosaurs. <laughs> the dinosaurs were the reason I was I was guessing I on this. Wanted one. to be on this episode because there were dinosaurs and I knew they'd be crunchy as hell. They, they they were crunchy. They were so crunchy. My note is like in like my mental note in like episode six when they're dealing with like the T Rex again. I was like, man, I wish this was one of those things where the writers just forgot halfway through. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I I did like the little minor twist around episode three like the end of episode three the cliffhanger it was like what for a second i didn't write this trivia down but uh because it was kind of kind of confusing but from what i was able to parse basically they wanted to capitalize on the uh, the 
popularity of the of the Drashigs from Carnival of Monsters. Oh, eh? Uh, so, like, they went to the same, like, puppeteer company to, like, hey, we need some dinosaurs made. Can you make some dinosaurs for us for this story? And they're like, oh, yeah, we can probably do that. It's gonna be this much. And they're like, fuck no. Do you have, like, a, a cousin who's cheaper that we can do? And they're like, yeah, we we can send you over here. Like, perfect. We'll hire these people and sign the contracts so that they'll make the puppets for the price that we want. And so they were already contracted to make the puppets. And then they made the puppets. And the director and the producer's like, these are absolute fucking garbage. And they're like, yeah, but you signed a contract. And then it's my understanding that within a couple of months after this episode was done, that studio went bankrupt. <laughs> so... Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Fantastic story. <laughs> Fascinating. Um, my general thoughts are I liked it, and the the doofiness of the puppets just kind of added to the charm <laughs> for me. Um, there were some parts where I was like, oh, this is like genuinely tense. I like this. And then there were other, probably like a solid two episodes where I was like, wow, we're just kind of walking around, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Yep, walking around or watching people stand in frame for 15 to 20 to 30 seconds at a time doing nothing. Yep. How many times does the doctor get arrested in this story? Oh my god. Like, four? Really? I can only count twice. Well, because he kept escaping, but then he kept getting captured, and then he kept escaping, then he kept getting captured. Yeah, and then... that's true. We'll, we'll keep a running tally as we, do the, as we <clears> go <throat> through the episode. Speaking of which, Caleb. Oh my gosh, yes. My beautiful episode descriptions. Invasion of the Dinosaurs, Part 1. The Doctor and Sarah rematerialize. <laughs> the Doctor and Sarah rematerialize in modern day London, but things are different. The streets are abandoned, and it looks almost like a war zone. The two are ambushed by looters, and for some reason, a pterodactyl. They are then arrested by unit soldiers and tried as looters. Meanwhile, Unit is dealing with a T Rex that has appeared in the middle of town. When the Brigadier realizes that the latest looters include the Doctor and Sarah, he sends a team to collect them. Before they can arrive, though, the Doctor and Sarah escape, only to be caught again just before they take off in a military vehicle. And Max making a face like, that's all you're going to say about this episode? No, and yeah, no, no, it is. no, no. See, Caleb is doing a mild disservice to you. Because you, you went straight to, yeah, so the Doctor and Sarah got arrested... I'm like, yeah, after like 10 minutes of fucking wandering the streets like it's an episode of <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. Also, the episode was in black and white for some reason. Yeah. yeah, the first episode of the six was I... in black and gray. And uh, I was like, I thought we were well out of that. I'm sure there's some sort of weird, they lost the colored version probably thing i don't know I, weirdly enough the trivia didn't even fucking mention it on wiki so who knows i just thought it was funny because as they were wandering around on the streets for the first 15 ish minutes of the episode uh there were ads in the windows of the shops for color tvs <laughs> yeah one guy even <laughs> stole a yeah. color te a television and uh yeah it's just it's just a lot of really long shots of just the empty streets and to me, if if there was just like different music playing in the background, it would be almost like I was like, visit scenic London. These streets will never be this quiet again until twenty twenty. 
There were no music playing. There was no music. I thought it was really funny because they, they materialize and like we, the audience, had already gotten a couple shots, like establishing shots of London where it's super empty and quiet. And they get out of the TARDIS and they're like, well, we're back here. I'm sure everything's fine. Yeah, we're just a couple weeks off. No biggie. And then like one rustling noise happens and Sarah was like, what was that? I was like, you just dropped into London in this huge park. Like what? chill <laughs> the weirdest part to me is like it takes them a good long while before they realize that before they even nobody's kind of, around they notice or point out the fact that there's no one around they just kind of like wander around it's like yep this is the park that's in the middle of london yep um we're probably just a little bit away away from uh from hq ah it's weird this phone booth isn't working huh ah, that's weird let's go to the bus stop let's wait at this bus stop for a while do 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 Hey, have you seen a car go by? Yeah, because I then, don't think I have. <laughs> but then when Sarah brings it up, the doctor's like, "Oh, it's probably just Sunday." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the the wreck of the looter. Yeah. He but, like holds him at gunpoint, and he's like, "I found the stuff first, and then he goes around the corner and wrecks his car. Surprisingly gory. It, yeah, I kind like, of I was like, yeah, "Whoa, fucking corpse!" The yeah, the the car was like very much scrunched, and then I was like, "Okay, I wonder how they did how they did that effect." And then it just like cut over to just like the bloody body on the ground. I was like, "Jesus, what the <laughs> fuck!" <laughs> and then we get some more pulse pounding, wandering about action that we've come to expect from Doctor Who. Very intense. And then, like, when we're not doing that, we're cutting over to unit where they're doing paperwork. Where they keep trying to not bring up that what they're looking at is dinosaurs. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not worried about the looters. Yeah, it's like, we have so many looters in town. Sir, we don't have time to deal with the looters. We have to deal with the much bigger problem. You know, the... And cuts... (laughs) cuts No, he was like... (laughs) I'm not worried about the looters. I'm worried about these and like smacks the board with all the pins on it. It's like these what? Ooh. These what, Brigadier? Now, uh, in their defense, because this is we usually have the issue of like, oh, gosh, oh, my God, the Cybermen are behind this. Who would have guessed that in an episode called the Cybermen are in this episode? But in their defense, they actually had the first episode just be called the Invasion. Oh, did they? They figured it out. And then all the other parts after that were called the Invasion of the the Dinosaurs. Got Um, it. (laughs) They Um, figured it out, man. But see, that was their original intention. And then all the advertising, like, showcased the Doctor fighting dinosaurs. And they were like, God fucking... (laughs) (laughs) It's called suspense, people. (laughs) My next note is, fuck off, you Muppet. (laughs) Like, the... The pterodactyls that like you can just you can just see the strings that they're swinging on. Yeah, their beaks are flopping around like rubber spaghetti. Like and like the doctor gets into the vehicle to drive away, and the pterodactyl smashes through the window and uh, is like, bah, bah, and the doctor's like <laughs> punches it repeatedly. And that's when that's when I was just like, fuck off, you muppet. <laughs> I was just like, Terry, no. See, and like. We finally get to a point where, like, oh, there's a dinosaur. And there's not, from this point on, much more of the Doctor punching dinosaurs. No, because they're all way too big. No, I want to see the Doctor punch a T-Rex. I, wa- <laughs> I, I want to see him do Venusian Aikido on a raptor. Yes. 
Where the fuck are the raptors? <laughs> I wanted to have a clever girl moment, but we didn't have a clever girl moment. Very disappointing. Yeah, no, it's around that point where I put, I think it was the, the first viewing of the, uh, the amazing T-Rex. Mm-hmm. I put just in all caps, this is what I was here for. <laughs> I was here for the crunchity, crispity rubber dinos. That's yeah. what I came here for. And they freaking, they gave me what I wanted in the first episode. Mmm, delicious. And then the, um, the doctor and Sarah get arrested. And I had a genuine chuckle of when they're getting their picture taken and the doctor's just like, smiling big for his for his mugshot <laughs> and then uh sarah's kind of cheekily uh smiling with hers and then the doctor just is like now how about one of the both of us <laughs> and that that made me laugh <laughs> i i did like when the general was like all right come and say your piece or whatever and the doctor came up and he was like i i know the brigadier i'm i uh i work with unit i'm their scientific advisor and he just looks up, and I can see in his eyes, like, oh, oh, unit, huh? The military loony branch. Got it. Yeah, okay. Lock this guy up. I, I was just like, all right. All right, that's a new one. I'll write that one over to the side of the new excuses that I get from the looters. All right. And then just like a <laughs> list of a whole bunch of excuses that have different tally marks next to them. I feel almost bad for unit, if I'm going to be perfectly honest. One of these days, Unit will encounter something that bullets actually work on. <laughs> One of these days. But apparently dinosaurs, isn't it? Apparently, I didn't know this, dinosaurs are immune to bullets. I guess we have no way of checking to see, <laughs> to see if they weren't, but uh, yeah, bullets have no effect on them. It didn't really become all that apparent until like the last two guys in this episode, but... In prior episodes, they at least were, like, firing blanks or something. It's like, the guns definitely went off. Yeah. But in this one, it didn't really seem like they ever did that. They were definitely just, like, moving the gun back and forth. <laughs> oh, yeah. For sure. Because uh, I was looking on my phone. But I didn't even hear a sound effect for the guns. I don't, uh, I don't remember any. I don't remember. I don't they know. They were very impactful if there were. I don't know if there was <laughs> or wasn't. And then we got to talk about the thief guy who's like, we need to break out of here. And the doctor's like, that's ridiculous. Shut shut the hell up. And then they kind of get dismissed by that corporal guy. And the doctor's like, so what was that thing you were saying about escape? <laughs> Tell me more about your daring escape plan. And he's like, all right, right. So what I figure, we attack the god. Brilliant. <laughs> Wonderful. Well done, sir. Well done. <laughs> I mean, he's got a point. There is only one of them. <laughs> but I do really, really love the moment of... Benton is going through the the mugshots of all the looters, and he sees the doctor and Sarah. He's like, "Sir, you may want to take a look at this," and uh, hands it over to the brigadier. And he's just like, "God damn it!" (laughs) Just like I always knew this day would come. I always knew his mugshot would come across my desk. (laughs) But also, the brigadier has dealt with the doctor enough. Where I feel like if he was like, "I need to find the doctor." Look in every prison in the country. <laughs> he, he's been arrested for something. He did mention, like, the general or whatever was like, so where is the scientific advisor of yours? And Brigadier was just like, well, he'll be here any minute, I'm sure. <laughs> it's like, something weird is happening. I'm sure the doctor will be here at some point. And some stupid bullshit is happening. He's usually around. For once, not the cause. <laughs> then, say it with me now. 
the doctor escapes and then is immediately captured immediately again. Captured. <laughs> yep. Yep. yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> but also his like fuck it. I, there were at least two instances, but I feel like there might have been more where like the doctor had some kind of like hammy response to stuff. So like he shows up and the guards are there and they're like, Oh, you ready to be carved off? And like the camera like lingers on him going, Wah wah Yeah, I, I did write down like he he pulls up and he's like, Oh hey right before he gets arrested, because he's like, Oh hey, the military, they'll help me. God, I wonder what that's like. <laughs> um And he like gets out of the car and they're like, Alright and he's like, Hey, I I'm with unit, I just need to find the brigadier and they they open up the back of the car and it's loaded with jewelry and furs and stuff. And they come back and they're like, well, you had a busy day. And then, it, like, camera zooms in on the doctor and he just gets this silly looking smirk. And all I could think was, did I do that? I was like, oh my <laughs> god, this is so cheesy. I love it. Would you believe me if I said they weren't mine? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to return them. Yeah. <laughs> but luckily, the doctor's prison vehicle is waylaid by the first appearance of the t-rex no it's not the first appearance of the t-rex no it's the second second, second. t-rex but, but that you, cliffhanger when barney looks more intimidating <laughs> you know you have a bit of a problem <laughs> and uh you can't really see it that well in the black and white but then we jump in the color in the next episode and i look at that puppet and i'm like does that t-rex have lips it looks a little bit like it has lips <laughs> you know what they were ahead of their time because they have found out that t-rex probably did have lips so caleb show me proof that t-rex doesn't have lips <laughs> show me proof that you don't want to smooch that t-rex oh uh, i mean i didn't say i didn't so uh-huh. <laughs> that's all i got on this episode yeah. yeah 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 all right cool part two which is my longest description so <laughs> buckle up The two time travelers are about to be carted off to a concentration camp when the T-Rex appears, distracting the two soldiers. In the chaos, the Doctor and Sarah escape, where they are ambushed by a man apparently from the Middle Ages. Before he can stab the Doctor, though, a time eddy occurs, and time briefly reverses before the man disappears entirely. The Brigadier finds the two and brings them back to Unit HQ. There, the Doctor tries to explain his hypothesis to General Finch, who is dismissive of the idea. The Doctor must capture a dinosaur to prove his ideas, but the stegosaurus he aims to capture disappears in the same time phenomenon. That's a hard word to say. The Doctor now believes that these anomalies are intentional and that someone is bringing them to London. In a hidden lab, Butler and Whitaker talk about the time experiments before Yates appears and informs them of the Doctor's suspicion. Yates also sabotages the Doctor's stun gun, just in time for a T-Rex to appear and ruin his day. I have the, the twin notes of, ah, finally, we're back in civilized technicolor. And then I was like, oh, God, the dinosaur looks so much worse in color. Take it back. Go back to black and white. <laughs> Go back. <laughs> I feel like both of us put that because I put color. And then I put, it's even crunchier in color. <laughs> My favorite bit with the T-Rex at the very beginning is that it was very clearly a very intense scene. And, you know, the, the doctor and Sarah are trying to make their escape. And these two guards are hungered down trying to fend it off. And, oh, God, if only the T-Rex was moving at all and definitely at not just all. looping the same roar over and over and over yeah. <laughs> until it just kind of backs off that, and disappears that's kind of my general note about all of the dinosaurs they're just kind of vibing yeah they're all vibing until very very late like you know that they they eventually disappear it kind of feels like you're just kind of well i will say the first time we see the t-rex it busts through some buildings in downtown london that's true it does do that yeah but like 
other than that, it just feels like like the T Rex is gonna bust through buildings no matter what. It feels like you're just kind of wasting time and resources trying to keep it calm. Yeah, just let it just chill. <laughs> the arms move. <laughs> oh yeah, the arms were waggling. Uh, oh, you're right. Oh, I get, in that case, fuck that thing, kill it. <laughs> <laughs> I also love how, like, the soldier, like, throws a grenade, and it's a huge fucking explosion <laughs> that is also just unfazed. The, uh, the dinosaur is just not phased by it at all. Yeah. I mean, I mean the grenades, too. <laughs> the grenades just kind of seem to annoy them. Like, the guns don't do anything, so they resort to the grenades. It's like, ah, that did something. And I was like, did it? They slowly back they, away. It's more like they just kind of, like, wander off in a different direction because they're like, ah, fuck this. This is annoying. Yeah, and then the the doctor and Sarah back away and uh, hide themselves in a random nearby shed, question mark. And uh, the doctor's like, that's the Tyrannosaurus Rex. It's the largest and fiercest predator of all time. And I was like, the dinosaur nerd in me was like, ah, Incorrect. I don't know about that. <laughs> and then... Sarah says something like, they went extinct millions of years ago. And for some reason, my core memory appeared of, um, <laughs> of oh, fuck. Now I'm forgetting what it's called. Kung Fury. Uh, laser Raptors. <laughs> they went extinct thousands of years ago. <laughs> uh, yeah, I remember you made me watch Kung Fury once. And I was like, yep, this is a Caleb movie. <laughs> yep. This is the dumbest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> And then two episodes in a row, the doctor is accused of being a wizard. Like he was yep. just accused of being a wizard when he was in the when he was in the Middle Ages. Then he comes back home, hoping he won't be accused of wiz- being a wizard again. Fucking hell! There's the here's this guy who's super relevant to the plot. Don't oh, yeah. worry, we'll be coming back to this guy later. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and he accuses the doctor of being a wizard and wants to be sent back. And then he just gets sent back. He just gets sent back. He just leaves. Yeah, I was just like, well, that problem is solved. <laughs> done and done. Now, at least in the Time Warrior, they had a reason to think he was a wizard. Yeah. This guy just kind of accuses the Doctor of being <laughs> a wizard. The first guy he sees, he's like, you must be a wizard, Sarah, whatever. You must be a wizard. No one in my in my age lives as long as you do. <laughs> <laughs> you have gray you hair. You have white hair. I didn't even know hair could turn white. <laughs> Sarah immediately puts two and two together. She's like, who's the king? Yeah. And he's like, Arthur, of course. What are you, stupid, dumb winch? Anyway, <laughs> wizard, send me back. The doctor and Sarah hide on either side of the door because soldiers are coming. And then the brigadier walks in and the doctor's like about to just like judo chop him. And he's just like, hey, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Fancy meeting you here. And then uh, they go back and they're getting debriefed by unit. And the doctor asks, what have you been doing about the real problem? And I'm just like, gonna level with you, doc. Our plan so far has basically just been to wait until you show up. (laughs) (laughs) Well, as you'll see, we color-coded the dinosaurs for you. (laughs) (laughs) See, the blue ones are the stegosaurus. That one's my favorite. And then there's... (laughs) We do get to see your favorite dinosaur. We do get to see my favorite dinosaur very, very briefly yeah. in, like, episode six. He's pretty chill, though. He's pretty chill. I mean... He's, he's a bro. He's a triceratops. Of course he's chill. I was watching when they were explaining to the doctor what was going on. Uh, I was watching the doctor put scoops of sugar in his tea cup. There very aggressively. 
Yeah, he. I was like watching, and before they cut away, I was like, that was at least four scoops of sugar. <laughs> I know, because that's what he's like. He's sitting up talking, just like scooping it in. I was like, is like, the doctor one, fucking two, diabetic? Three, I don't understand. I've never seen this man eat this much sugar in the show. <laughs> it's been a running joke so far that he gets handed a cup of tea and then just holds it for a while, then hands it back. He he lifted it to his lips. And he just, did. Just drank some sugar. He lifted it to his lips, and then it cut to another character. Because I remember you talking about that, so I was, like, trying to keep track of his tea. <laughs> the doctor gives the general his explanation of what's happening, and the doc- and the general is just like, Your sci-fi bullshit makes no sense. Now listen to my sci-fi bullshit. Oh yeah, the general wa- walks in, and I didn't catch his name at first, so I put, Gee, I hope it's this general mustache isn't evil. How could he be? He has a mustache. Yeah, his mustache is so non-evil. His he, name is Finch. And, he, and he's in the military. That's nothing but good guys. Oh, for sure. If I've learned anything from Doctor Who, it's that people in authority are always good. Yes. Always. Always. I will say... This is probably one of my biggest criticisms of this story because it kind of like coasts along the side of being the type of like story of like, oh man, you don't know who you can trust. They're, uh, they might be working for the enemy, like a, like a winter soldier type deal. It kind of loses its impact when literally every single new character is working for the bad guys. <laughs> There is not a single new character that is not working for the bad guys in Mac. one way or another. Spoilers. Spoiler We're not alert. There yet. Spoiler alert. Everyone's the bad guy. No, everybody's <laughs> good right now. Everyone's the bad guy. Murder on the Orient Express. Additional spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also this isn't really a spoiler because it literally happens in this episode of the story. Boy, how do they weren't subtle about Yates being the traitor? Yeah, I mean Yeah, no, he was like, isn't it kind of nice? No noise, no traffic. I make the note of Yates is acting very suspicious. Why, if I didn't know any better, I'd say he was working with the villain. Oh, no! No! <laughs> See, meanwhile, when it gets to the reveal of him meeting up with the, the scientist guy, he, like, walks in and there's, like, the musical sting. And I was like, oh, it's... That, is that Yates? That is, I, like, wrote in my notes. I was that... like, is that Yates? And then later I put, it is. I was like, God, all these... Freaking 70s British dudes look exactly the freaking same. They do. They look the fucking same. The only reason I... I, I'm this far into the show, and the only reason I know Yates is Yates is because they call him Yates. Yes. Yeah. I I know that's been an issue for you. It's like, is... Okay, I'm about to talk about a character. Is this character Yates or Benton? I genuinely don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Benton had the thing on his shoulder. Yeah, Benton Benton had his cap on on his... On his, uh... Yates was... his shoulder. Yates was slightly more hot. Slightly. But... Benton has that like boyish charm, boy boyish like uh, good old boys like <laughs> I, I'll I'd be happy bringing him home to Ma kind of kind of charm to him. <laughs> Yates was super into Sarah. Yates is into everyone. <laughs> can't, yeah. I mean I can't blame him for being into Sarah. She's great. I several points in my notes in this episode and in further episodes. I'm like, would y'all respect Miss Sarah Jane? Because every single time she's like, well, what? what about this thing and that guy and there was this one dude and they're like, no, 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 shut up. I'm like, excuse me, at least the brigadier and the doctor, like, should, obviously the bad guys are like, stop it, she's on her tail or whatever. But like, the doctor and the brigadier are just like, eh. Why are you booing me? I'm right. Yeah. (laughs) In their defense, I guess, the only 
uh, interaction that Sarah has had with any of the unit people is her lying about her identity in order to get into the place where scientists were being kidnapped. And then she just kind of fucked off with the doctor. I guess, but like, that doesn't mean she's not smart. She outfooled all of you guys. True. I'll say that I like Sarah a lot more in this story than I did the last story. She's better. Sarah's great. She's better, better in this one, yeah. In the first story with her, she makes some wild conclusions. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel like in this story, she was basically just like, are you guys fucking stupid? And anytime there's a fight, she is in there. She's like, ready to throw down. She is throwing hands. I, I almost kind of wish it was a consistent character trait of hers, though. Like, yeah, the first time's annoying, but how great would it be if literally every single episode she's in, she thinks, I think the doctor's behind this. (laughs) (laughs) I would love that. There's another reason I love Sarah at the end of the story. Uh, You you can guess what it is. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, at the end of the story, I was like, she's very, she's acting very Caleb right now. (laughs) But anyway, back to Yates. He makes the point to Sarah of like, have you noticed the air is a lot cleaner right now? I'm like, it's been three weeks. Yeah, it's been like a couple weeks. Like the air would not be that much cleaner in London after three weeks of not having people. In central London alone. Like the rest of London is not evacuated. Yeah. It's literally just central London. There was a moment was like, I mean, I knew that Yates was going to betray them before this episode started. But I kind of was curious of like, he's worked as like a double agent with the enemy before in, um, green death so i was curious if like you from a fresh audience perspective was like is he doing a double agent thing again or is he actually betraying unit no i kind of figured he was just betraying everyone the whole time doesn't he have like a line where he kind of explains it's specifically the green death thing that made him yeah he was like after the events with the maggots i kind of had to go on leave for a little while but i'm back now have you noticed how the air is cleaner? <laughs> <laughs> I cannot wait to fucking talk about the twist. So <laughs> Yeah, it's which like it kind of makes sense because Yates kind of got raked over the coals a bit in Green Death because he was mind controlled and forced to turn on his friends while under mind control and then was released from that mind control by the doctor and then had to go back and be a double agent again for that same organization at which point he was then captured and tortured so like dang yeah he kind of went through it in green of death <laughs> yeah like he mentions the maggots but he barely interacted with the maggots i don't think the maggots was his issue and also all of that was happening from an oil company that, yeah. that was torturing him so like it's like oh really you you have an an environmental message yeah. For for your for your plans. Yeah. What can I do to help? Because I've met these oil guys. They're bad news. <laughs> yeah, there was, like, another guy that showed up. I can't remember. It was, like, some old dude. But, like, he popped in and the doctor was like, oh, I know you. And they were like, oh, yeah, he's, he's also written about this anti-pollution nonsense. And I was like, ooh, aged like freaking milk. <laughs> it always does. Because like, I remember watching the beginning of the MAGA episode mm-hmm. with you, because you got the DVD and you were testing it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, God, what year is this from again? 1974. Why do you ask? Oh! <laughs> <laughs> yep. <sighs> then we find out that the reason that they've been 
doing the time stuff to summon dinosaurs is so that they can clear out central London. And I'm like, there's gotta be an easier way to clear out central London than summoning dinosaurs from the past. Which is going to lead me to like my central frustration we're, we're and gonna get review there. of the episode. Yeah, well, let's, we're, let's... We're gonna, I think it was around <laughs> episode five that I like had a breakdown and both Mac and I had to like pause the episode to be like, wait, 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 wait. Yeah. <laughs> this is your plan? We both like, I saw them reach over to grab their phone and I reached over to grab my paper and I was like, we're both thinking. <laughs> yeah. We... The plan on every level is real fucking dumb. But we gotta get there first. We gotta get there. We gotta get there first. But for right now, they summoned dinosaurs from the past in yes. order to clear out central London. Yes. Very efficient. Very reasonable. Yes, absolutely. Also, we haven't brought up, they're trying to catch a dinosaur this episode. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He was like, oh, yeah, Brontosaurus has appeared. And uh, they were like, an Apatosaurus has appeared. And she's like, an Apatosaurus? And he's like, yeah, it's also referred to as a brontosaurus, very placid, very gentle, vegetarians. And I was like, first of all, brontosaurus and apatosaurus, two different things. Anyway, you know what else is a vegetarian? Rhinoceroses and hippopotamuses and elephants. You know what else is a vegetarian? Hitler. I mean, when you put it like that. <laughs> I was like, just because it's a vegetarian doesn't mean that it's going to be super chill. What? And then I was also like, oh, yeah, no. I like had to pull out my phone. I was like, about how big were apatosaurus again? 69 feet. Nice. And around 20 tons. And they're just, mm, just go capture it. We'll just, we'll just hook it up to the top of our van. Yeah, you have a tow line, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then like you see it. And, like, it looks like it's, like, torso is, like, slightly taller than a stop sign. <laughs> it looks so sad, too. I don't know why they made him look so sad. He looked like he was, like, oh. <laughs> also, the doctor's, like, device that he's going to use. His little gun thing. Yeah, his little gun thing. It looked like a boppet. It did look like a boppet. <laughs> yeah, it kind of does. Now that stay back. I, I don't know when the boppet came out, but I would not be surprised if they just like took apart a boppet and like painted it and then put like a little laser gun thing on the end of it. I was gonna say that it looks kind of like a um, like a Nerf gun. Sort of, but it has the little arm, so it looked like a bop. Like Yates grabbed it, and I was like, "Bop it, <laughs> twist it, pull it, pull it, pull it, pull it." Stop it. Um. <laughs> and then he puts a I was like how's he gonna mess it up is he gonna put a magnet on it I was like Old Faithful just a really strong magnet it'll mess up whatever electronics you got uh, the bop the bop it came out in 1996 so oh yeah no yeah. so nowhere near not quite invented the bop it actually yeah inspired <laughs> I am ready for part three if you guys are I got one more thing about this episode related to the bop it it's the other funny bit where the doctor makes a goofy face at the camera because he's like working on the thing, like everyone's annoying him. Oh yeah. And oh yeah. Sarah's like, "Hey, can I help?" And he's like, "Oh yeah, you can help by leaving me the fuck alone." <laughs> and then her, and then him like locking the door three times to make sure she stays out. And then the brigadier comes in, and then he literally looks at the camera and goes, "Ah!" <laughs> the brigadier comes in. And he's like, "What are you doing?" And he's like, "Ah!" So like he grabs his grabs his hair and just has a. 
that's very much the vibe it gave up my last note for episode two or part two i guess was uh not a close-up on the t-rex no (laughs) oh yeah keep that shit at a a long long shot do not do not do a close-up they zoomed in on it for the first time and it looks like they it looks like they've not only painted it super garishly like the eyes and stuff but it looks like they may have put some sort of like petroleum jelly or something on the inside of the mouth to make it look really mm-hmm. slimy. Uh-huh. And it's just mm-hmm. really uncomfortable. <laughs> you know what would have been better? One of those T-Rex like blow up costume things or those like little screen. Oh, the like, little window on the yeah. neck. Yeah. Yeah, that would have been much better. Much more intimidating. <laughs> That's the point where I'm where I was questioning, does that T-Rex have lips? Yes. And then you also notice that, man, its teeth are too small. Yeah. I don't know how big T-Rex teeth are, but they're it's bigger than that. that. T-Rex teeth are roughly the size of bananas. They, they were too small. They were too small. They also weren't curved. So I don't know what circus they got these freaking T-Rex costumes from, but Jurassic Park, this was not. It's like, why? why I'm being facetious. Why does the T-Rex have DSLs? <laughs> Why was that a why was that a choice that was made by the production team? <laughs> Look, even in the 1970s they had fan art, okay? <laughs> All right, I'm reading part 3. Yeah. You degenerates. <laughs> Yates has a change of heart and fixes the gun to drive the dinosaur off. Then he heads off to confront the scientists, upset that they nearly killed the doctor. Sarah mentions Whitaker in a conversation because he's a very big deal in time travel science or something. As Sarah takes pictures of the dinosaur, Finch releases it, and it goes to attack her. The door is locked behind her, and the doctor comes in just in time before she is killed. Sarah decides to take her issues straight to Charles Grover, the minister over the whole situation. He drugs her, and when Sarah wakes up, she's on a spaceship. The twist! So we meet... I think we met him in last episode, but this episode is when he actually has, like, scene scenes. We meet Whitaker, the scientist who's in charge of... Something... And I was just like, who the fuck is this snivelly science guy? I know I know him from somewhere. Where do I know him? He was the anti-vaxxer from the Silurians. Oh my god. Oh no. So, at least he's got a type, I guess? They were like, you seem like the slimiest scientist in the entire world. Let's just recast you in the show. <laughs> yeah. It's at this point... Well, I don't remember if they explain anything in this episode, but it starts to become apparent my big issue with it, which is my issue with it every time it happens in this show. I fucking hate the time science talk. Oh, yeah. yeah. I know you do. My fucking God. <laughs> yeah, I, I have that note. It's like, ooh, a lot of dialogue in here that's going to piss Caleb the fuck off. <laughs> what the actual fuck? Weirdly enough, time travel stuff in, like, fantasy Totally fine with it. I mean, I'm watching the show. Time travel, not a problem. Yeah. Just don't explain it. Yeah. Just don't pretend it's real. <laughs> yeah. And then Yates is kind of a dumb because he's just like, I specifically asked you to not try and kill the doctor and you disabled the gun and then you brought a T-Rex in and you tried to kill the doctor. And they're like, oh, we're sorry. Anyway, can you go sabotage this thing for us? Yeah. We promise this will not endanger the doctor at all he's like well okay it's like <laughs> give you another chance to not be as evil as possible it's come on buddy 
I was like, ooh, Yates yeah, I, is a gray character. I, I know you're dealing with some PTSD <laughs> here, but like... Listen, Yates, he's just a himbo. He's just hot and dumb. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hate to bring everything to a grinding halt, but are we not going to talk about the very intense dinosaur battle at the beginning of this episode where the rubber T-Rex flops over? Was that, is that this? Is that this episode? Oh. I I literally the first note I have is just flop yes. in all caps. Because the rubber dinosaur oh, flopped yeah, yeah, yeah. over. Yeah. They, they, they shoot the dinosaur and he just... <laughs> it like folds. <laughs> he just... One frame family guy falls down the ground. <laughs> um, I thought you were talking about a dinosaur fight that happened later. And I was like, no, that's... no, that's later. I do really like how... Sarah is a valuable member of this team for different reasons than Joe was. Because she's like, oh yeah, no, I got contacts, like, fucking everywhere. You want knowledge? I can I can dig up some dirt on people. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I appreciate that. You are contributing in your own unique way, and you only get kidnapped, like, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> only a little bit. Just a little, as a treat. Just don't ask her to break locks, or... Nah, she kind of doesn't do what she's told anyway, but... Yeah, they they knock out the T-Rex, and they capture it, and they drag it back to Eunice somehow, and uh, Sarah Jane talks her way into getting her camera in there, and she gets in there, and I'm like, you cocky hoe! <laughs> I was like, you're just gonna go right up, like, yeah, it's chained up, but like, girl, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> she's a journalist. This is her job. I was like, didn't the Brigadier have troops guarding the T-Rex? I feel like at some point, like, because she was like, what if he wakes up? And the doctor was like, oh, it's no big deal. No, I don't think he had guards. I think it was just like, oh, yeah, the doctors put up some sci-fi bullshit that should keep it contained. <laughs> well, he was like, it'll probably yeah, We're talking about unit here. Yeah, we're talking about unit True, here. True, yeah. <laughs> I do love how... Uh, she wants, she's talking about how she wants to take pictures of the dino, and the uh, brigadier is like, oh, sorry, we can't have anybody reporting on this, not until we, we get all the facts straight, and, like, then we'll, we'll let you know what you can report on. I'm like, are you expecting, like, no one to report on the sudden dinosaur appearances and then the evacuation of central London? Yeah. Like, you can't. You can't blame that on, like, a weird mass hallucination shit. Yeah, no, several points during this story, they talk about, like, oh, yeah, we've had everything evacuated. I'm like, are y'all just pretending that the looters suddenly don't exist? You don't think one of those looters will have, like, a Polaroid? Like, (laughs) somebody's gonna notice that there are freaking dinosaurs. It's between this and the Web of Fear and uh, the Cybermen invasion that I'm just, like... How many more times is all of London going to need to be evacuated because of an extraterrestrial threat before people are like, hey, you know what? I think something weird's going on. New Who would like to have words. Oh, I'd, <laughs> I'd like to have words with New Who. <laughs> anyway... Yeah, Sarah was wanting to get her camera and getting a special pass and everything, and the general was being weirdly cooperative. And, I mean, obviously he was, he's a person of authority in a Doctor Who story, so obviously he was going to be an antagonist. But I was like, okay, so he's not just like a normal dickish person in charge like Doctor Who has. He's like a villain villain. Okay. Okay. Cool. (laughs) Now that's the twist. 
See, I was just confused because he was like, yes, go get your camera. Take this note to this guy and then he'll take you to this guy and they'll get you your camera. And I was like, okay, so here's where she gets kidnapped. And then she comes back with her camera. And I was like, that wasn't the kidnapping plan? <laughs> no, that was not the kidnapping no, plan. No, the kidnapping plan comes later. Yeah. Uh, no, he was like, he was just straight up like, yes, go get your camera. And then she gets her camera. Maybe he was like, I don't want to, I don't want to kidnap her yet because she has a really cool jacket. <laughs> I like that jacket because that's literally my next note. I like Sarah's jacket. <laughs> <laughs> she had like that leather jacket. That's the real reason she gets kidnapped later in this story is like, I, I really want that jacket. It's a waste of a jacket. <laughs> it's a waste of a jacket. <laughs> Brittany's point about him talking about like the procedure to get her camera and get in there and everything uh is like the other thing boy how do you can tell it's a unit episode because we're talking a lot about procedure oh yeah we're talking a lot about the rules yeah. Ooh, buddy oh my god there's, a, bureaucracy, there's huh? a lot there's a lot of bureaucracy talk there's a lot of protocol talk um at one point the world is about to end and the brigadier is like, ah, I gotta, I gotta get on the line with Geneva. Call Geneva. I, yeah. got, I, I gotta like, get permission. Do <laughs> like, dude, the apocalypse is in like six <laughs> minutes. <laughs> He's gotta ask permission. That was something I had for the, uh, the first, uh, episode. Cause they were like, whenever there's dinosaurs around, there's interference on the radios, which never comes up again. No. That never comes up again. They never, ever have any problems with the phones again. But I was just like, did y'all forget that telegrams exist? You could use Morse code. That's like a thing that people do these days when, like, electronics go down. Is that not... Okay. That sounds like some fancy talk. <laughs> anyway. Oh, the, the T-Rex wakes up. Doctor Who's, like, no stranger to, like, practical effects. Like, look at these sweet puppets they have. And they've been, like, really had a boner for green screens because they finally figured out how they work, kind of. Yeah. But uh, they figured out how to use them, not necessarily how to use them well. But in the, where the T-Rex is, like, being sedated in the warehouse, I almost feel like they could have done a little bit more practical effects rather mm -hmm. than them, like, green screening Sarah into the room with the dinosaur. Like, I feel like you could have done, like, a... Like a blow-up T-Rex in there one, or something. One thing I will give them is I did notice that um, not when the T-Rex was like in the back window of the room. You know, those shots when they're like in the little lab area, little observation area. When they're actually in the room with the T-Rex and like the hangar, uh, the T-Rex puppet was breathing. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, that's a nice little touch. Yeah. Good on good on you, old who. But yeah, he, he wakes up and he starts bonking against stuff. <laughs> Yeah, apparently and I, I put just thrashing the, the wampage, the destruction. <laughs> <laughs> he just starts bonking against the bees. Apparently, apparently Yates's idea of minor sabotage to keep the doctor from uh, figuring out what their plans were were to undo the restraints of the T Rex. Yeah, free the T Rex, <laughs> cut all of the chains. In no way will anyone be harmed by doing this. No. I can see no negative consequences for my rash actions. No, not at all. <laughs> Sarah is, like, trapped in a room with a T-Rex trying to eat her, and, like, the building's coming down, and she's, like, banging on the door, uh, shouting, let me out, and then she gets knocked out by uh, a beam. And I was like, how is that not the cliffhanger? Right? That felt like a cliffhanger. No. That, that felt like a cliffhanger that was going to be immediately solved by someone opening the door and getting her out. There's a better cliffhanger. There's a better cliffhanger that 
I mean, is it though? Like, I think it is. It's no. It's a, oh, I thought it was. It was. It definitely had me like, wait, what? Yeah, no. That's <laughs> that's why it was far for me. I was like, what do you mean a spaceship? What? What do you mean three months? <laughs> I I would say I very much if we're getting to the end. So after she gets rescued by the doctor, and then I I, I have more stuff for before we get to the end. But like, you can... okay, well then, yeah, I've got a thought for the end. So I'll okay. put a pin okay. in that. Because my next my next note is very important, very well thought out. It's oh yeah, <laughs> the T Rex just bursts through the wall as it as it escapes. just lays waste again. That was the second time that you made the Kool Aid Man reference. Yeah, but this one was even better because he was actually bursting through a wall. <laughs> there were a lot of Kool Aid Man references in the in the viewing <laughs> of this story. I actually had to trim Kool Aid notes. <laughs> uh, then the T Rex poofs. And uh, that then one of my favorite is another point where both of us picked up our our notes because they're like, well, what are we gonna do now? The T Rex is gone. We we lost our we lost our subject. We can't run any more tests on it. And they're like, what are you gonna do now, Doctor? And the Doctor was like, well, I'll just I'll make another machine, but I'll make it portable this time. And like everybody in the room is like, why didn't you do that to begin with? <laughs> yeah. And he was like, well, it's not as accurate. It's not necessarily as accurate. And yeah, it was basically just, why didn't you make the portable detector the first place? And he's like, because. Anyway, let's head out. Anyway, there's a stegosaurus somewhere around here. The stationary one is 98% accurate, and this is only (laughs) 96.5. I also, this is also where I put, um, because it's at this point that Sarah Jane's like, I am so sick of you people not listening to me. I'm going to go deal with this myself. And I was like, I can see why Sarah Jane got her own spinoff. <laughs> she got her own spinoff? Yeah. Sorry if that was spoilers. Uh, Caleb, remember when I told you that Sarah Jane, Sarah Jane Smith is um, the most iconic Doctor Who uh, companion? Yeah. Yeah. She's so iconic that in New Who she gets her own show called The Sarah Jane Adventures. 40 years after the- <laughs> <laughs> We'll get after there. Her- we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> Okay. Um, but she she's fun, you know? Yo, she's she's like very much like, "Oh my god, you people are not listening to me. I'm going to go deal with this myself." Yeah, like I'm not, I'm she's not, ready to fight anytime there's a fight. Like she I'm, is pragmatic. I'm not too worried about this uh conversation spoiling uh Caleb because uh he's going to forget it by like the next time we record. So like it's fun. True, yeah. It's true. <laughs> uh we'll, we'll we'll get to the point in New Who where he will be like the Sarah Jane adventure starts out and be like the Sarah Jane adventure. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> and uh so she goes to the um what was he? Uh the minister. The minister, yeah. Yeah. Um I wanna call him Senator. I was like, that's not right. No. Nope. Um she goes to this uh, the minister's office and she gives her theory about this old uh nuclear shelter that nuclear what i say nuclear 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 whatever um <laughs> this nuclear shelter uh that was actually built under this very building that we think the that i think the scientists might be hidden under and uh the minister is like oh my god that's amazing have you told the doctor or the brigadier or literally anybody else that you are here alone without any sort of guards. And she's like, ah, no, nah, they wouldn't believe me. He's like, interesting. Please come into this room. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, I guess I just wasn't really paying attention because I was like, wow, the minister is like 
super chill. What was, a cool guy. And then he takes her into the room alone. I was like, oh, no, he's going to yeah. be evil. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> the moment he was like, have you talked to have you talked to the doctor or brigadier about it? And he, she said no. I was like, oh, he's a villain. He <laughs> to be fair, <laughs> I was also incredibly sick. That's an interesting theory, Miss Smith. Can you step a little to the left? I know. <laughs> Come in with me into this enclosed space. He's just like, wow, that's fascinating. He gets up from his desk. Really, please tell me more about it. And like grabs her by the shoulder and like moves her over to the side a little bit. <laughs> goes back behind his desk. <laughs> Do you see that yellow square on the floor? Yeah, if you could just step right there. Okay, continue. And then uh, I think Benton tells the doctor that she went off to go play um oh, yeah. was was her words that uh she left as a message um and then the doctor just like shakes his head and is like sometimes that girl baffles me i'm like you like just met her like from your perspective like 12 hours ago <laughs> <laughs> and see in my in my view as somebody who hadn't didn't know that i was just like well yeah you don't listen to her you idiot! Maybe if you'd sit down and shut up for five seconds. But the doctor's allergic to doing that, so... <laughs> sit down? Shut up? Have you watched this show? I have. <laughs> so then Sarah is drugged and she wakes up on a spaceship. Yes, a spaceship. I have the note, denim material of the future. <laughs> <laughs> and these swanky spacesuits. Oh yeah, I love those suits. Well, bef- before we get to the actual space... A spaceship uh she's brought down into uh this oh the mind yeah mind she, melding room <laughs> she's brought down into the organization's headquarters this organization mind you that is here to restore the environment and is trying to uh help earth um we do have an evil brainwashing room though because that just comes standard with all headquarters you have to have a room that is specifically designed to control the minds of those unwilling to help you. It comes with the package. It's an uh, it's an OSHA regulation. We have to have it. Yeah. <laughs> it was there when the nuclear bunker was built. It felt weird to take it out, so she is like so I love the the brainwashing scene too. She's just like, ugh, stop. God, these lights. Jesus. Yeah. Stop it. Was she like, just looks so annoyed. I was like, uh, Sarah, I know you're new to this, but like rule number one is don't sit in the chair. If you're <laughs> in a room all by yourself and there's nothing but one suspicious chair sitting in the middle of it, don't sit in the chair. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was just like, this took a turn. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like now I can, now I can say my piece about it. Yes. Uh, I feel like this is trying to be like an enemy of the world twist, I, except the enemy of the world twist was like really good. Yeah, no, and this is really weird. Yeah, I had that thought a couple times. It's like this feels like the twist of enemy of the world. Why is it not as good? <laughs> yeah, don't get me wrong. When I was like, I thought it was a good twist. I wasn't like, what? I was like, what? Yeah, I, I wait. What? I'll give you that. I didn't see it coming. Yeah. I think part of it's, and this is the credit to how good that episode is, it's partially because Salamander was such a fucking great villain. Yeah. And, like, you knew he was up to something suspicious and, like, beyond what he was kind of displaying. And then it just ended up that that thing was really fucking crazy. Yeah. I mean, this thing is really fucking dumb. Is that the same thing? (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh my god, the explanation. This That's in part four, we're, but when they kind of there. explain what they are, I'm like, oh my god, fucking liberals, I swear <laughs> to god. <laughs> we're, we're getting there. Yeah. Speaking of which... Part four? Part four, baby. Part four. The crew of the spaceship introduce themselves, and they are very important people who are worried about the environment. They explain that Sarah has been selected by the elders, and that they are only a few months away from a new Earth-like planet where they will guide the young human race there into a new age free of the pollution and corruption found on Earth. The Doctor explores a destroyed London in his very dumb car, which is apparently called the Who-mobile. He finds a hidden facility in the London Underground, and Whitaker and Butler again try to kill him with a dinosaur. He escapes, but when he tries to show the Brigadier the facility, it seems to have disappeared. Finch sets the Doctor up, and it appears like he is the one summoning the dinosaurs. I think it's worth noting, the Who-mobile entirely a fan name because they do not <laughs> give any sort of name to this car at all okay i was basically on the tardis wick it's like i don't remember them ever saying that but I, the moment i hear it in the show i will be enraged <laughs> yeah no he was like is my new vehicle ready and i was like i thought he already had an iconic vehicle what's happening and then that came on the screen ah I believe everyone will be driving cars like this by the year 2003. <laughs> if, if, I could, if I could describe it for the people that will never watch this episode, imagine a stingray and then imagine that its little wings are like up and then imagine that there's just an egg cup upside down on top of it and that is where the doctor is sitting and then it's like three inches above the ground. <laughs> And the stingray is swimming backwards. Oh, and it's bright red. Yeah. I think it was silver. Bright red and it's chrome. Well, yeah. it's like it's it red on the red... bottom and like chrome on the top. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, yeah. Uh, it is garish and it is the strangest like retro sci-fi oh, thing it's I've so ever seen. Uh, yeah, and it <laughs> slides around like one of those little square scooters that you'd use in grade school. <laughs> yeah, it was it was rough. I miss Bessie. Bessie had class. This is just... This is the car that Homer designed in that one episode of The Simpsons. (laughs) (laughs) It was like if somebody saw the Jetsons and was like, yeah, we should should try to make that in real life. It's like, you know how when people try to cosplay what looks cool in an anime or a video game, but in (laughs) real life it looks real fucking dumb? It's like they took that, but with the Jetsons. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) They were like, make it hyper-realistic, and then it turned into that. Yeah. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. We're talking about the car. We gotta go back to the spaceship. We gotta talk about these people. These Uh, fucking people. Sarah comes out, and like, or like, these three people appear, and they're explaining, like, you must have been selected by the elders. I'm this famous biologist who cares a lot about the environment. And Sarah's like, oh yeah, and you're that writer guy. And he's like, oh, not anymore. I've got more important work. And he holds up like this clay art class yeah. bowl. <laughs> it's like the dickiest bowl. little wooden like, bowl. You like this bowl? I made it. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, she, when she was just sitting in there waiting for them to come, she was like fiddling with this little bowl. I was like, why is that bowl there? And then like, they have their little introductions and then he's like, this bowl. It's like, oh my god, is that your work? I was just admiring that. I was just fidgeting with it awkwardly while I was waiting for everybody else to come in. <laughs> I was waiting for someone to ask me about the bowl. <laughs> I... I didn't realize that the director had started shooting and I was just kind of messing with his bowl. <laughs> um, and then she's like, and then you're that athlete guy. You like, you like running stuff. Yeah. I was like, why? 
What? One of these things doesn't maybe, belong. Yeah. Maybe he was like an advocate for something, but like they did not say it. See, my my first theory because she still she puts it together super quick because she still has the lump on her head. Yeah, she from, still has, from yeah yeah from the incident at the hangar. And so she's like three months, and then she like touches her head, and I was like, "Oh, that's a nice, that's a nice little way to figure that out. I like yeah, that." Yeah. But at first, I thought that it might be um, a dream sequence. Like yeah. I thought the brainwashing that's, room. That's what I thought. Because I was too. like, "Oh, maybe she like interviewed all of these people, and that's why she knows who they are and why there's this random athlete." And that was not the case. I I thought it was going to be. Let, let's let's refer, let's reference Futurama again, shall we? I thought it was going to be the episode where uh, Bender came around to the the new robot that's like better than all the other robots. Oh yeah. <laughs> I thought that that's what this whole sequence was going to be. It was her being like shown these images that would convince her to join up with the Greenpeace by any means necessary group. See, that would have that would have been cool. That's what I thought it was going to be, and then. <laughs> Once again, Futurama raised my expectations of sci-fi too hard for Doctor Who to be able to reach. (laughs) (laughs) But then they explain what they're actually doing. That, you know, they've been selected because of their special attributes. And they're going to go to a new Earth-like planet where there's little baby humans. And we're going to teach them how to run a good society. And that is the most fucking smug, liberal thing I've ever heard in my life. (laughs) Did you know that colonialism is good, actually? Well, this is, a Brit- you- this is a British TV show, I so... I was like, this is the most British, like, yeah, no, we'll just go to this new planet and everything will be okay. I'm like, why do you think that would work? Why do you not think this would just happen again? Yeah, and th- it, was, it was so weird because, like, they even mentioned, yeah, there are some native inhabitants of that planet, but we'll teach them to learn from our mistakes. I'm like, yeah. or, or you can or. go to an uninhabited planet. Yeah. <laughs> throwing that idea out there i think the thing that like stuns me the most about it is like they're brought on i know they were brainwashed but they weren't the, the oh I yeah mean, they, they were brainwashed to believe that they were in this sleep I mean, for a like, while but they, they drank the kool-aid yeah. but like they were they are not under mind control or anything no like no that. but the, just the fact that they accept it they're like yeah i am really important i can guide a whole civilization to a better outcome i, I love the writer lady because I'm I'm jumping ahead a little bit because she's like, oh, Sarah Jane is not drinking the Kool-Aid. She must be stopped. She is a new variable. I was like, oh, cool. Eco-fascists. Very, <laughs> yeah, very, very much so. Like, very eco-fashy. I've, I was like, this writer lady just decided that she was God all of a sudden because I've, she wrote a book that was anti-pollution. That's cool. <laughs> I think at one point she even refers to Sarah as impure. Yeah, she was like, like, she was like, they, she will corrupt the rest of them or something like that. I'm like, right. okay, we got a little Lord of the Flies in here. And what's great is that they have like an entire re-education room, but the re-education room is just like a nature documentary-esque thing that just has the volume up really loud. Like, it's not even like brainwashing or anything. It's like, I was expecting like a clockwork orange style yeah. room and they were it's just like, well, it was okay, like, no. well, here, here, watch an inconvenient truth again. Maybe that'll help. <laughs> I, I I know it didn't work the first two times you watched it, but maybe this third time it'll stick. <laughs> if you could, if you could sit in this nice comfy chair in this nice quiet room with a little bit of bread and juice and just watch food ink for the 50th time. <laughs> it does lean very hard into the, into the eco fascism though, because the the pollution propaganda piece is basically like there's too many people and too many people equals war and pollution. Yeah, 
very very eco fascist. I was like, oh yeah, I forgot that the I forgot that the environmentalists were the bigger problem. But Doctor <laughs> Who likes to have his cake and eat it too. But that that comes up at the very 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 end of the episode yeah. as like a little zinger. So I'll wait for that. She even like the whatever lady the lady who's in charge on the ship yeah the writer uh, lady she she even says you will have to be re-educated and i was like the, what was the point of that first brainwashing room she was in why didn't you brainwash her the first time <laughs> she was stuck <laughs> in a room <laughs> they just thought that she'd be on board we're, we're talking about all of this because the doctor's just kind of wandering yeah right no now. he's literally just yeah, driving around in a stupid nothing. car and i was just kind of hanging out and i was like <laughs> i had a realization i was like so the doctor's device is looking for these like anomalies doctor's literally just rolling around in like a homemade emf device like yeah it's not we have that technology yeah. that's a thing that exists he, he didn't have to make anything <laughs> it takes a sweet time getting to the headquarters and oh, when he yeah. get then when he gets the building he takes his sweet time trying to figure out how the secret lift works and then when he gets down into the bunker he takes his sweet time wandering around trying to figure it out and i'm just like can we can we move on, please? <laughs> yeah, uh, I very much struggled through this part. My ADHD was going, what the fuck is going on? Look away from the screen. What's over there? <laughs> this was definitely one of the episodes where it's like, you could have cut out like half of this episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I was very impressed. That the bad guys actually had security. They were like, hey, somebody's in the lift. Yeah. And then they had cameras <laughs> in the hallways. I was like, oh my God, what is it? 1978? Good job, bad guys. <laughs> I kind of like the fact that when he's exploring the bunker and they're like, ah, now's our chance to get rid of him. And like a door closes like right behind the doctor and he looks back and he's like, well, that was weird. And then just keeps going. And then they shut another door and he's like, guess they're shutting doors around here. <laughs> he seems very nonchalant about it until the dinosaur shows up. Yeah. <laughs> they like play musical doors with him to get him to go back up into the lift. And then they're like, now have a pterodactyl. And I was like, or you could just, you just shoot him. He's down here alone yeah, by himself. Nobody knows him. where he is. Yeah, our our guest has already keyed into it of just like just shoot him, shoot him. <laughs> they were like, now we've got him, and then they just let him back out. Yeah, I think what frustrates me the most about this show in general is that the bad guys should be winning. The doctor, yeah. in theory, should just be killed. Yeah. <laughs> And, th and then he, like, he leaves, but then he's like, ah, I know where the hideout is now. So he comes back with just the Brigadier. Yeah. I'm like, Alone. bring bring a squad, dude. Bring Benton. <laughs> bring Benton at least. Some, just the Brigadier feels like underkill, you know? <laughs> I did feel like there were some, like, homoerotic vibes to that scene, though. Because <laughs> when he, like, opens the closet and he steps, he's like, well, come on, Brigadier. The Brigadier's just standing there like, the doctor wants me to go into a dark closet with him. And this underground abandoned tunnel. <laughs> is this thing that looks small and cramped at least bigger on the inside? No, no, okay. No, well. No. And then they're just in the closet together, like two inches away from each other's noses, being like, what do we do now, doctor? And he's like, well, there's a lever over there that needs to be pulled. Zip. <laughs> <laughs> and there's no lever. And then they just go back to the just unit. Leave. <laughs> <laughs> wow and then we get a whole and then we get a whole scene about like oh well yeah the doctor i know you said you found out to go in trouble but look at this paperwork that says that tunnel isn't there yeah yeah paperwork says that ah, can't nope doesn't exist see this paper right here says it's not there i i really just spaced out 
<laughs> That's fair. And the brigadier's like, well, there's a piece of paper that says it's not real, so, I mean, I can't do anything about it. Yeah. I jumped straight from, like, the pterodactyl attacking the first time that the doctor came out of the closet. Good for him. <laughs> and then, at some point, it cut back to the evil scientist lady being like, well, I guess we'll just have to kill Sarah Jane, then. Straight to the doctor being framed. So, like, them... Going back, them coming back and the minister being like, well, no, it says right here that that was never a thing. And then him heading back to the hangar, like all of that. I just took no, no. That's 100% (laughs) fair of you. Because like we cut over to the villains and they're like, we must, this doctor is becoming a problem. Like, yes, we must discredit him. (laughs) That will get him out of our way. (laughs) And they're discrediting him is like, Hey, can you literally calling him up on the phone and be like, hey, can you go down to this one room where you used to have the dinosaur? And he's like, oh, yeah, dope. No problem. And he like goes down there and then they summon a dinosaur down there. And then the general comes in. It's like, there's your culprit brigadier. The doctor caught red handed. I'm like, this is the flimsiest fucking frame job I've ever seen in my life. I, I put the same thing. I was like, this is a pathetic excuse at framing. Well, I mean, the doctor, you're in the same room with a dinosaur. I mean, that's pretty inclu- <laughs> that's pretty conclusive. Yeah. So, other than a thing in the wall went woo 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 woo, and then a dinosaur popped up. Yeah, that that's it. It's the doctor. Obviously, it's the doctor. Yeah, I'd say other than Sarah kind of figuring out what the fuck is happening with this ship, Quote this quote. this whole episode really just feels like we're just swirling the bowl. Like we're not. Mm-hmm. It was, we're not doing anything. It was a drag. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, yeah, congratulations, Brittany. You were the first guest to have to deal with a fucking six-parter. So. Hey, that's all good. I got nothing else to do. <laughs> I live here. Y'all are stuck with me on the ship, so, you know. And yeah. Part, part five. five? Yep. Part five. Part five. The brigadier begrudgingly has the doctor arrested, and he has him return to HQ. The doctor susses out that Yates is the traitor in the group, and Benton allows him to escape. After enduring propaganda, Sarah proves that the spaceship isn't real, but is in fact an underground bunker. Bunker. She rushes to tell Finch, but he promptly holds her at gunpoint and takes her back to the bunker. The doctor is on the run and searching for the underground facility, and he runs into more dinosaurs. Wow. And yeah. That's it. <laughs> That's it. That's what happens in this episode. You skipped one of the best scenes in TV history. You just skipped right Did over I? it. Did I? <laughs> well, hold on. Like, actual genuine compliment here. Good guy, Sergeant Benton. Right? This, I, I have the yeah. Hell yeah, Sarah Jane. Hell yeah, Benton. Hell yeah, Brigadier. Because, <laughs> you know, the doctor's been put under arrest. And I love this moment. He's like, because uh, General's like, we finally have the person behind all this. And he's like, oh, well, in that case, go ahead and bring back everybody uh, in central London. You don't have to have an evacuation. You got me. Go on. Undo the evacuation. <laughs> and then... The brigadier is like, Sergeant Benton, guard the doctor, wink. And then the doctor tells Benton that Yates was part of it. And Benton is like, are you sure, doctor? And he's like, yes, I'm sure. And he's like, right. Well, you better start overpowering me then, doctor. And, it's like, and he's just like bracing for it. It's like, <laughs> you gotta make it convincing. And he just like does like the Vulcan grip kind of thing to knock Benton out. And I was like, that's... That's cool. That's yeah. a, that's a good yeah. moment. good guy, Ben. And I was like, it's it's gonna be tough. Like if we, I'm not sure if we should do like a goodbye, my dear, for Benton and Yates. I don't know, <laughs> but if we do, I think it's gonna be tough 
of like either this is going to be my favorite Benton moment or the time where he had his dick out in front of everyone. <laughs> it's going to be real tough. Yeah, <laughs> it's neck tough and neck. Moment, tough <laughs> I find it's classic Doctor Who logic, but the Doctor's evidence that Yates is the traitor is so fucking flimsy, in my view. Uh, because once he's like, oh, we're going to put you on trial, Doctor, and then the brigadier and the general walk out. He goes over to Yates. He's like, all right, Yates, I need you to do this, 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 and this. And he's like, no, I'm not going to do that. And then instantly the doctor hits the emergency switch button. Like, we're having a meeting. This guy's suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think his his uh, red flag moment was when Yates was saying, we're going to put you on trial, doctor. Because Yates has been his ally this whole time. And now suddenly he's on the general's side. And he's like, oh, okay. Oh, okay. Well, fair enough. So You mean the general's evil? What? 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 No. That mustache? <laughs> the doctor's whole logic is still, though, Yates isn't breaking the rules. Yeah, he won't break the rules for me. He must be a narc. <laughs> but Yates in the past has been very willing to break the rules. Yeah. Like, he, he is... I'm putting that together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think this is when my problem with with the plot of like oh you don't know who you can trust kind of rears its ugly head because it's like not every member of shield was hydra you know like <laughs> yeah <laughs> like i guess we still have the brigadier and benton but like everybody <laughs> is part of the villain group in this story <laughs> there was there was one more guy it was the guy that kept ending up on the phone but i don't remember his name Pride. he was the private something he was new yeah, yeah the guy that was on the phone and the guy that went to make tea yeah <laughs> <laughs> which i think is in the last episode yeah. but uh, in a stunning character development moment the brigadier sort of kind of breaks the rules yeah yeah he does because finch is like oh we're gonna have benton court-martialed for getting knocked out <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's like arrest yourself benton <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah, he's like, arrest yourself and go find the doctor while you do that. Yeah. I was like, whoa, the brigadier, that's not protocol. What's going on? <laughs> yeah, I'll admit, this is when I really started to really like this story because it was like, it, it kind of felt the the noose tightening and like the tension rising. I kind of, I kind of dug it. It's kind of completely undermined by when you find out what the villain's plan is. Yeah. But like, up until that moment, I was just like... Oh shit, it's the doctor versus unit. Hell yes. <laughs> nah. Nah. See, okay, here's the thing, guys. The, the the plot twist. Do we find out the plot in the, the plot twist in this episode or the next episode? Which plot twist? The plot twist of like what they're actually trying to do. Well, we haven't talked about when the minister goes down to meet with the scientist guy, and the scientist guy is like, check this out. And his little crony is like, watch this super cool thing. His face is just like <laughs> check this out guys <laughs> oh yeah when he like shows when he off shows the, the machine the time reversal thing yeah, yeah he they kind of explain it in that scene yeah. so I, I can't remember if that was this episode or the it was next this episode. episode yeah it's it's later in this episode because well, the the little like the little mug scene is like right now and then like a little bit of time passes and then they finally i think the doctor puts it together and he's telling the brigadier, like, what they're going to do or something like that. So, like, the big reveal of what they're trying to do is so dumb, it it's is perfect. It is very dumb. It's so dumb, it's perfect. The minister goes down to the scientist because the scientist is like, hey, come check this out. And uh, the crony walks over to this little area right next to a machine. And he has a mug and he throws the mug and the mug shatters. And the scientist clicks a button 
And it's like, and it like rewinds, which is, I'm sure, super cool at the time. (laughs) They rewind the mug and then like the scientist's assistant like looks up and he's like, (laughs) check this out, bro. (laughs) And uh, he's like, I figured out how to isolate the time reversal to a specific area. And he's like, good, good. We'll be on to our next phase very shortly. The timing is crucial. And then it, like, breaks, and it's back to the doctor being chased around in a Jeep again, and, like... I I did kind of like the car chase, though. Like, it wasn't Ambassadors of Death level of, like, actual car chase, but it was a bit more comedic, where, like, the doctor had several moments where he's, like, driving down the road, and then he saw one of the soldiers, and was just like, nope, and then, like, reversed and went back the way he came. Um, this chase scene could have just been done without though it went on for so long oh yeah no it could easily be the helicopter it could definitely be skipped that being said there was a time there was a point where like he parked his car and like like uh sabotaged it and then the jeep that was chasing him came up next to it and like the soldiers went out and were like going out to hunt the doctor and the doctor was like in the trees and the bushes hunting and i was like if this story turns into doctor going full rambo i will call this the best episode of doctor who ever the doctor invents freaking guerrilla warfare tactics oh god i wish i wish uh, anyway because i thought i thought that too i was like oh my god we're going rambo yes and then is this one the the actual plan is yeah because... explained because my note is this plan is dumb and you're yeah, dumb for thinking it. Yeah, it was at some point, maybe it cut back to the lab. This episode could have just been done without. Because I, they literally end up in like the exact same position at the beginning of the next episode. Yes. Um, <laughs> like this entire episode could have been done without other than them explaining their plan. So at some point in there I have poor Sarah Jane. And then also, why don't y'all just kill her? Yeah, because that's probably the part where, like, once she escapes and she proves, like, this isn't a real spaceship, watch me walk out the airlock. Yeah. I find it interesting that she shows it to that guy, and then that guy doesn't follow her. I know! He's just like, I still don't believe it. What? I don't <laughs> yeah. get it. But she gets out, and then she runs in the Finch. She's like, oh, Finch, you're not going to believe this. This is bunker under the building oh, yeah. where they're teaching people that they're in a spaceship. And he's like, oh, interesting. Have you told anyone else? <laughs> Here, Follow me into this dark room. She writes a note to the brigadier and she's she tells extra guy. She's like, make sure that the brigadier gets this. And then Finch walks in and she's like, oh, hey, Finch. And she's like, here's all of the bad guy stuff. And he's like, oh, have you told anybody? And then they walk out, but they leave the note there. Didn't this like just happen to yes, you? Yes, literally. Like you, last you, episode. You, you tell everything to a guy that you trust and then he asks you, have you told anyone else? Really <laughs> interesting. Would you be so kind as to walk into this exact same closet as you did before? I know. <laughs> <laughs> and then she just turns around. She's just like so disappointed in herself. She's like, ah, God. Yeah, that I did fall for that a second time, didn't I? Yeah, mm, I was like, at this point, again, like, just kill her. <laughs> yeah. She's very obviously a freaking pin in your side. Yeah, there's not to give too much of a spoiler of what their fucking plan is, but like, if you kill her, so what? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I think we're finally to the point where we can talk about the plan. Who wants to rant about it first? Caleb, do you want to rant about it first? No, I'll let you guys rant because I want to explain why I actually like how dumb it is. So, okay, so you and I have had... had We kind of went back and forth. A a kind of a disagreement as to what the plan was. So, the plan is... So they have all of these, like, ego-minded people 
in this in a bunker essentially it's not a spaceship it's a bunker that they think is a spaceship and what they're going to do because you get saying they're going to go back in time they're not going to go back in time they're going to bring time forward but only the people in like this area of central london are going to be like safe so everything else in the world is going to disappear except for the people and i guess some of the buildings of well, of central london because the, like the lab the way i was understanding it was that like they were in this bunker where they were protected and then everything else like earth was going to like rewind completely back to the time of dinosaurs no because they've been bringing the dinosaurs forward and right. they're not going all the way back to the time of dinosaurs they're going back to like early man so i think they were shooting for like medieval uh, no, no, wait, no, I don't think it was... I don't think quite medieval. Dinosaurs would have been too early. The way I kind of interpreted it was, because I thought it was like a combination of like what they had been told was happening, and then what they're actually doing, which is they're going back in time to like, like a nascent period of civilization, so like, I don't know, like Neanderthal, yeah. or maybe like Sumerian age, and then be like, oh, this is like the weird, almost identical human race that from our planet, we'll, we'll teach them how to be good, though. Yeah. 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 Uh, that's as I understood it. They're yeah. not going back in time, though. I, th- I think it's less of a t- point of them going back in time and more of them just like rewinding the earth. Like the way they did with the smashed cup, mm. but just on a planet wide scale. See, they were talking about how they kept bringing the dinosaurs forward. Yeah, they did that. To evacuate central London. Yeah, but then I thought they were going to bring the entire world forward. And I was like, how, you, how, how did you figure that out? I don't how know. You... Additional question. Why did they bring the dinosaurs? To clear out. Right. Why did they do this in central London? That is a very good question. Why didn't they just make a bunker in the middle of fucking nowhere? Because at first, my question was going to be like... Okay, cool. You have central London. Like, what are you going to do when the rest of London is like, hey, why are, why is there just a tiny agricultural community here? But then they were like, no, because nobody else will have been born yet. Their ancestors aren't even existing. Except for the people in this bunker who are not going to be affected by paradoxes, I guess. Yeah. Because it's <laughs> it's they're not too concerned about it because they're we're not killing all of humanity. They'll have never been born. We're unaliving them. <laughs> <laughs> it's totally different. <laughs> so I think the fact that we all have slightly different interpretations of this plan just kind of proves all of our collective point and that this is a really dumb fucking plan. Yes. I think we can all agree now on that. Now let me explain why it's perfect. <laughs> okay, go ahead. <laughs> Hit me. So, this this is my rugged leftism coming out in me. Oh my god. Uh, this is exactly how fucking Democrats, classic liberals, would try and solve pollution. Correct. Change companies, hold corporations accountable, that's too hard. You know what's not hard? Summoning dinosaurs to clear out all of central <laughs> London and then putting people in a bunker and convincing them to go into a different fucking planet and reversing time on this planet and having them raise Neanderthals to be good people. That's the real solution. <laughs> the fucking dumbest technocratic bullshit you could possibly imagine. <laughs> Incredible. 10 out of 10. Uh, the show's based. What if we just wally it? <laughs> Look, we already tried the paper straws. It didn't work. <laughs> So now we got to bring the dinosaurs to clear out central London and then go back in time. 
yeah, no, this is this is another point where I'm just like, ooh, we're getting real heavy into the eco-fashy stuff here, Doctor Who. I thought you were anti-pollution, like in the Maggot episode. What what's going on? It's guys? the perfect neoliberal strategy. Ten out of ten. Have no notes. Oh, <laughs> and then the Doctor has his line at the end, where at the end of story where he's like it's actually not that complicated this is the problem i'm like based <laughs> yeah no they're like the entire episode is like man look at all these eco-terrorists and at the very very end the doctor is like well i mean they're right actually the world is burning and like we really need to change the way yeah. that we are do we <laughs> the, doctor's, the doctor's just like you could like put effort into like fixing shit no Roll credits. No, we're gonna we're gonna do di- okay. <laughs> <laughs> like that's what I was saying earlier about like Doctor Who wanting to have his cake and eat it too. It's like I see what you're doing. Like oh no, they've gone too far. But like I I almost feel like do you want to have a message or not? <laughs> well, I think it's kind of like what Caleb said, where it's like the the message is stop trying to do this convoluted yeah. let's all move to Mars kind of shit oh, and God. just fucking. Take care of the place we're at. Do something. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Caleb, you've convinced me. I think this is actually (laughs) brilliant. Oh my god. (laughs) 10 out of 10. Best episode. (laughs) And uh, I'm jumping into space. (laughs) uh, Open the doors. This is why I love Sarah now is because the whole time they're explaining stuff to her, she's like, are you fucking stupid? Yeah. Because he's like, well, you see, like, we're we're only months away. We're going to raise a new thing. And they're like, she's like, motherfucker. The closest galaxy is four light years away. It takes us hundreds of years together. And he's like, well, we just built a new star drive. So, you know, maybe you're yeah. not so smart. I, I, I also love her other point. It's like, let me get this straight. You think you're three months out into space? Yeah. And you think I'm the new girl? Yeah. How did I get here? It's like, you're from a different uh, ship. You're from a different ship. Like, <laughs> why would I have been brought over? <laughs> I don't know. It's above my pay grade. You know, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> She's like, my head's still busted up. And he was like, well, you were in cryostasis. And she's like, oh, shut up. <laughs> she's like ready to throw down. I think that Incredible. I, I was like, are they improving right now? Because the woman playing Sarah Jane looks like she wants to get off. <laughs> Elizabeth Sladen is just a good actress. Like, she's, Yeah, no, she was a tree. Yeah, but I'm ready for episode for, sorry, part yeah. six. Yes. Part six coming oh, right up. The the cliffhanger for that episode was another T Rex. Like three, ah. on three sep. I feel like it's on three separate episodes. The cliffhanger is a zoom in on the T Rex. T Rex, yeah. yeah. Part six. The Doctor slips by the dinosaurs as they fight, but Benton and the Brigadier find him. When the two decide to help the Doctor, Yates appears to try and stop them. Benton overpowers him though. Grover appears in the bunker and tries to calm everyone down. But he is knocked out and Sarah proves to everyone that the ship is all part of a ruse. Grover and company are actually reversing time on Earth, wiping out generations of people to start again. Everyone breaks out and the whole company makes it to the experimental facility. The scientists activate their time machine, but the doctor, with his Time Lord immunity, is able to turn it off before the effects fully take place. He remains, but everyone else appears to disappear to their golden age. Back at HQ, the Brigadier explains that Finch is court-martialed, but Yates is quietly stepping down from his position after an extended vacation. The Doctor tries to convince Sarah to go on another adventure, and the episode ends. Man, the Doctor really only got, like, one trip in that car of his, didn't he? Yep. Yeah, one trip. <laughs> A very important trip. But then we watch the dinos I'm like, oh, honey, no. <laughs> don't have the puppets interacting with each other. It, I... 
It's like, if you just zoom out a little bit, you'll see the four-year-old off screen going, grah, ah. <laughs> Like, the first, the first attack of the fight is just the Apatosaurus, like, bonking its neck against the T-Rex's mouth. And his, like, rubbery neck just like, bends. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. All I could hear was, like, that recorder rendition of the Jurassic Park theme. It's like, <laughs> I was like, Clash of the Titans, indeed. <laughs> Uh, and there's one particular angle where, like, the doctor's watching, and like, he kind of, like, runs into the building, and, like, the dinosaurs are fighting. And you can, you can almost just see the guy, like, wrapped with his arms wrapped around the camera going, Argh. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, now make him kiss. No, Terry. <laughs> but I, I actually don't remember when this happens, but, like, at one point, the doctor is running down a street, and then he gets cornered by the general's jeep. Yes. And then uh, the brigadier comes back behind with his jeep. Yes. General is like ready to arrest the doctor or shoot him on sight or whatever, but Brigadier's like, ah, ah, he's under unit custody. And General's like, hmm, very well. And then just drives off. And I'm like, I had the same dude, note. What? What? Did the Brigadier have dibs? What is going on here? I had the same note because, like, during the last episode, there was like this intense zoom in where the or the General was like, and if you see. The doctor or Sarah Jane or or the brigadier, it's shoot on sight. You got that men or something like that. And then like they see the doctor and <laughs> the brigadier comes up behind him and he's like, out of my way, brigadier. And I'm like, he's not in your way. Just shoot him. Just go for it. <laughs> you got guns. There's dinosaurs on the streets, guys. And then like the brigadier says like, yeah, he's under he's under unit command or custody. Yeah, custody. Yeah. And then the general's like. You know, this would be considered a mutiny. All right, now arrest him. Bye. Anyway. <laughs> um, and then Grover goes down to the bunker. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'll have a private audience with Sarah and this other guy. And very loudly explain the plan. Oh, yeah. That no one on the other side of the door can hear. I, yeah. I got a little nitpicky. I was, like, kind of bored. I was just like, bring back the dinosaurs. Uh, I was like, if he came in through the airlock and he wanted to, like... They very obviously did not have anybody, like, they had an athlete, I guess, and then, like, eco-terrorists or whatever, and a guy who makes bowls now. But apparently they had no space experts on board, because he comes out of the airlock and he's got his cute little suit on. He's like, let me make sure I'm in my presentation or whatever. He's like, let me go get ready to meet them. He's, he has a cute little line about, like, I have to make sure I'm dressed well to meet them or something. And uh, he comes in in his little space suit, and I'm like, okay, so your spaceships that you have imagined in your brain do not have, like, airlock interchanges where they connect, because then you wouldn't need the spacesuit. But also, you have the whole spacesuit get up, but you couldn't, like, have, like, I don't know, some dry ice off stage to, like, have a little bit of like frost or something on your suit because of the void of space or well anything if, like that if we've established anything is that the people in these bunkers are dumb as shit he so gets, he he likes <laughs> yeah they're dumb liberals. they're fine <laughs> he like steps into the airlock and then steps out of the depressurization room in his suit and they just like grab it with their bare hands i'm like yeah, there is not a single scientist on this, no, <laughs> on this <no>. ship, <laughs> nor in the writers' room. <laughs> I'm like, man, I have to, I have to wear gloves to do literally anything at the place where I handle like acetone every day. <laughs> like, I can't imagine the debris of space. 
<laughs> at, at one point, the Doctor and the Brigadier are driving towards the uh, villain headquarters, and uh, a brontosaurus just is, like, crossing the road, and I was like, ugh, stupid brontosaurus crossing. It's always happens at the worst time for traffic. <laughs> <laughs> Move! <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> and then they do the thing that every single person in the Midwest has wanted to do with a tractor. And they just drive under They just it. drive underneath it. <laughs> the doctor's like, hold on to your hat, Brigadier. I make the note of, Benton, you're too good for the military. Because uh, the Brigadier calls in reinforcements to Benton. And uh, then it turns out Benton is being held at gunpoint by the general. And Benton knocks the gun away. Or no, like he grabs the general's wrist and is like, is like wrestling with him. And he's like, you'll be court-martialed for this, Sergeant. And Benton is just like, yes, sir. Very sorry, sir. <laughs> he's just <laughs> wrestling into the ground. And I'm just like, I love Benton. Oh, yeah. Like, I can't remember who it was. Because he's, he's being held at gunpoint. And he's like, don't you want to, like, be zapped with the rest of them or whatever? And he's like, maybe. We'll be right on the very edge of the of the time shield. Yeah. Or Yates, whatever. Yates is holding them. At yeah. yeah. And I was like, but the bunker is like a car's drive away, like, why wouldn't you just make the time shield just the size of that build? Like, you're gonna get, like, random looters. I, okay. <laughs> you haven't been able to evacuate 100% of the area. There's still the looters. That's true. Because they say that the that their unit headquarters is, like, just on the edge of the evacuated zone. Yeah. So, like, the... So, would they be sending everyone who's in the evacuated yeah, so, zone, like, unit and the, the looters bunker. and the bunker and the scientists and the minister. Because it makes more sense to me to, like, just have the bunker, but if they need the entire... The more I think about this plan, the stupider it becomes. <laughs> That's why I was like, yeah. and I guess some buildings are gonna be brought back from the past as well. I don't, uh... I don't know. It's gonna be fine, guys. It's the perfect neoliberal plan. <laughs> Nothing could go wrong. I don't want politics in my Doctor Who. Oh, I have bad news for you. <laughs> yeah, big problem. This episode, I feel like a lot happens. Oh. Like, especially when there's like three episodes of just nothing happening. A lot oh, yeah. happens in this episode. Yeah, no, they were like, okay, we gotta finish this up, guys. Nothing short of like literally a hard cut as soon as like the time travel thing is done. <laughs> yeah, I did also get a kick out of, um, so like... Grover goes down and he loudly explains his plan in a quote-unquote private room uh, to Sarah and the other guy. And uh, they come back out and they're having their last standoff with the elders. And finally, finally, Sarah is able to slip past them and get to the depressurization room. And this freaking, this freaking annoying writer lady is like, No! She'll kill us all! And I'm like, you can- It is a depressurized zone. One door closes and the other one opens. Nobody's gonna die except for Sarah. Why yeah. are you so stupid and annoying? Either she'll prove that you've been lied to or she'll die. It's and a win-win situation Your problem is for you. solved. I was- Oh, I was so fed up with this writer lady. And then at the very end, she's like, You tricked us. You and she, jerks. She was like, I was- You mean this isn't real? I was really looking forward to being a cult leader. She faces the scientist and she's like, <laughs> you lied to us. I was like, where's the where's the rage you had talking about how you need to destroy Sarah Jane? And then she goes up to the scientist. She's like, hey, mister, you were a dick. <laughs> I, don't, I don't mean to sound like a broken record, but they're liberals. 
<laughs> Point of authority. This is exactly oh, no. how. <laughs> oh my god! So they swarm on the scientist they, guy. They swarm on the science guy. They they start to do the. He hits the, the lever. The lever, and then the doctor again. Time okay, lord. Time lord is immune to the thing, so he can move relatively freely. I know. I know it's dumb. It I is, thought it was a good Duzex. Yeah, but and in its defense, they've done that before. You know, in Caleb's yeah, they've kind of established in, that he's in Caleb's favorite episode, the Time Monster. People were going into <laughs> slow motion, but the Doctor was still able to move regularly. So this time, everybody it's froze. been established in like multiple episodes that he can kind. Of, he's relatively unaffected by time bullshit, except the TARDIS. Yeah, yeah. But then he like he pushes the lever back, so he undoes it and like presses pre- a couple, press, presses a couple <laughs> of other buttons, and then they try to do the lever thing again and then they shout out oh no he's reversed, reversed the, the polarity. polarity it's like the doctor's <laughs> signature move <laughs> and then which <laughs> i was like first of all don't get me started on the polarity of a neutron flow <laughs> because i had a lot of words to share with all of my scientist buddies <laughs> i was like hey you guys want to hear the dumbest line in existence <laughs> You, you want to hear about reversing the polarity of a neutron flow and just having them all stare at me for like 30 seconds? <laughs> he reverses the polarity. So then my question is, like, I understand that it was just the people touching the machine and the machine itself that were affected. So like both bad boy scientists and the minister got poofed. Mm-hmm. I get that. So did they did they go forward in time or were they sent back? Or was the past sent forward and it was just an empty space there and so they got poofed? Well, or like, the doc- were their ancestors wiped? I have so many questions. The, the doctor said now they can live in their golden age, uh, implying that they were sent back in time. So like, wouldn't they then be able to like do oh. their plan? Yeah, I had that. I was like, so now Grover and the minister will either be stoned as witches or will become gods. One of the two. <laughs> and considering the fact that Nothing has changed. I'm guessing they were stoned to death or eaten <laughs> by saber-toothed tigers pretty much immediately. <laughs> <laughs> they actually appeared in a saber-toothed den. And then it's just kind of all's well that ends well. Yeah. No negative consequences except Yates is going to go on vacation and then quietly retire. Um, I guess all of those scary, fashy scientists will just go back to doing like, oh. something. So much for the cult. Back... Back to work, I guess. <laughs> and also, like, another question I have is, like, so they were in the bunker, and I understand that they were lied to about moving to a new planet, and they were like, there's several ships, there's, like, hundreds of us, like, we're all gonna recolonize this area. Did they have hundreds of these, like, writers and Nobel Peace winners and stuff? Did they actually have, like, separate bunkers? Were they just... Were they going to wake up and there was going to be like 10 of them and they were going to be like, yeah, this is everybody. Nobody else made it. <laughs> I don't know. Because like... I have so many questions because <laughs> about for, this plan. For, from what I can tell, it was very uneven ratio of men to women. And like, <sighs> if it is just like that dozen people that they were that were awake and they were lying about the other hundreds of people. Well, how many women have won Nobel Peace Prize? Well, it's just like... <laughs> women are, can't be smart. How are we handling the the population thing? We'll just intermingle with the natives, the way that British people do. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, 
They're just going to go full Brit on it. <laughs> I guess. This episode's going to make so many people mad. We're going to have... make liberals mad. We're going to make British people oh, mad. We do not have Bro, any... Bro, this is every episode. We do not have any British <laughs> listeners by this point. Um... You don't have any French <laughs> listeners either. Definitely not. I don't know why. Um, yeah. Like, again, the more I think about this plan, the dumber it is. <laughs> but they're... All's well that ends well, and then Sarah is just like, well, I've had enough of this sci-fi bullshit, and the doctor's just like, are you sure? I was gonna go to this really cool flower planet. I was gonna go to this really cool planet, where it's like, a bunch of flowers, and it's a beautiful sky, and the beaches are like, the sea is white as milk, and uh, she's like, nope, nope, not listening, not listening, and like, literally like, puts her fingers in her ear kind of thing. Of just like nope, and they both giggle and laugh, and it's very cute. They laugh and like, yeah, you're getting on that TARDIS. Yeah, <laughs> I do. I do like her reaction initially though, because he's kind of like, "Well, I'm going on an adventure. Let's get going." And she's like, "I'm not fucking stepping foot on that thing again. What are you talking about?" <laughs> uh, I was like, "Okay, Sarah, you're cool. You get it. You understand this is a nightmare." Meanwhile, if she had just been on Earth for a couple of weeks, all of a sudden there would have been evacuations and dinosaurs and stuff. So like. What difference does it really make? <laughs> yeah, she she avoided the whole hassle of having to be evacuated. Yeah, she might have been eaten by a T-Rex before everybody else was safely evacuated out of central London. So, yeah. like, she could have dodged a bullet, really. All she has is a lump on Listen, her head. Listen, I've been on 60-some adventures with the Doctor at this point. I think I'd prefer being eaten by a dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that's the last of my notes. Yeah, that's that's all I got. This Oh, the more I think about the evil plan. Yeah. No, I'm sold. It's perfect. <laughs> I have no notes. Okay, so uh, trivia. Uh, the original script had the doctor riding around on a military motorcycle instead of the Who mobile. Oh my god! But then John Pertwee was like, "No, no, 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 no! I got an idea." <laughs> Elizabeth Sladen annoyed the fuck out of the production team because she got a haircut between the filming of Time Warrior and this. And, like, no time is supposed to have passed between those two stories. So she has a completely different hairstyle now. They had to make her a wig that was as close to her hairstyle in the last oh. story as so that she would wear that. During... It was a wig. Yes, it okay. was a wig. She I was thought wearing it... a wig the whole time. I was like, I don't know, it's just 70s hair. Malcolm Hulk lists this as his favorite script that he's ever written. Just as a reminder, he has co-written The Faceless Ones and The War Games. And wrote uh, the Silurians, Colony in Space, Sea Devils, and Frontier in Space. I mean, at least half of one of those is better than this episode. In, dinosaurs. In terms of stuff that he has solo written, I would agree with him. I think it's probably the best one that he's solo written. He co-wrote Faceless Ones in War Games, though, which I think are miles better than this episode. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think the back half of the War Games is better than this episode. Yeah. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I'm getting that confused with... You said he co-wrote War Machines? No, War Games. Oh, okay. He did co-write War Games. Never mind. <laughs> I was thinking of the War Machines. And, uh, yeah, that's the end of trivia. Anything else I've touched on, we've already talked about in the episode. So, final thoughts... I like the back half of this episode when the stupid neoliberal plan is revealed. So I, I I do think it's kind of interesting to have a story where eco-fascist incompetence is like just as much as a villain as the evil corporations are trying to stop. My two cents on it. 
But the episode is also very long and very tedious and could have been three episodes. I I think it definitely could have been three or four episodes if you just took episode like three and four and smooshed them together. Mm -hmm. Again, one of my big notes is needs more dinosaurs. We did get that amazing fight. (laughs) I I thought the little little spaceship twist episode three, I thought it was kind of fun. Like keeps you on your toes a little bit of like, wait, what? I thought we were dealing with dinosaurs. But yeah, I, I thought it was I thought it was fun. Yeah, I, I enjoyed this episode for the most part. I liked uh, how a lot of it was spent, you know, fighting against the government and people we thought we could trust, kind of stuff. Um, but again, you kind of overplayed your hand a little bit with that twist. The dinosaurs were doofy, and I loved every single one of them. <laughs> I know you say that the dumbness of the plan is, like, a point in its favor, but if the plan wasn't so fucking rock stupid, I think this episode might be higher up in my rankings, but at this current moment in time, it's, like, upper half, but not cracking the top five yet, but, like, it's is it's good. But, uh, yeah, that's basically, basically my final thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. So, Brittany, before you... Uh, Hold on, hold on on a second. Um, Okay, I have this note from Brittany here. She said that she had a lot of fun, but uh, she's done now, and she's leaving. uh, And that you can check her out on her Instagram at Conqueror of Omelets. All right, then. Well, that was abrupt. (laughs) I know, it just came out of nowhere. It's like she didn't get like a proper goodbye. That's kind of a, that's kind of lame. Weird. Anyway. Well, that's it for this episode, guys. Thanks for listening. If you want to support the podcast, the best thing you can do is give us five stars and tell your friends about it. You can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, you know, all the major podcast things. If you want to follow us, you can follow us on Instagram at Quick Trip Podcast. You can also check out Mac's YouTube channel, Mac the Map, where they do insightful videos about video games. And join us next time on a quick trip through space and time, in which we join Sarah on her first trip off-world in Death to the Daleks. Ooh genocide this is when she becomes an actual this this is the last episode with the daleks because it's clearly the death to the daleks yeah no more no more daleks after this episode